Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. Happy Halloween to all you listeners. You know, we have some great interviews with people like Faye Presto, Julie Eng, and R. Paul Wilson coming up. But to keep in the spirit of the day, I thought I'd let you listen to my conversation with a real character, The Shocker. We talked pro wrestling and magic and a whole lot more. It was a lot of fun. Nick Lacapo also hops into the studio to tell me about the latest release of Sudden Deck from David Regal. But first, Ryan Schlutz tells me the magic book he would want to be trapped on a desert island with. Ryan Schlutz, thank you so much for joining me for the Desert Island Magic Books here. If you were, if you were shipwrecked tomorrow and uh, and you could be with any magic book uh, trapped on a desert island, and we'll go ahead and also assume that this desert that this magic book is like also waterproof and dust resistant, mm. so it'll last you while you're on the, the desert island. But yes, it's made of Tyvek. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's you know a, a new thing that uh, Hermetic I think is doing is all Tyvek yes. magic books. It's no longer Hermetic Press. It's now Tyvek Press. It's the future of printing, guys. Come on. So what's your what's your Desert Island Magic book? My Desert Island Magic book. It, well, people who know me, I love one book the most. It stands above all books. Okay. It is The the Magic of Eddie Fields. Oh, what a good book. Yeah. Written by John Rockerbomber. Yeah. I mean, I even had John, like, I made a comment on Facebook one time. Even John Rockerbomber chimed in. And gave a lot of backstory, like what drove the motivation of the trick mm-hmm. of the book itself. Like, yeah, I didn't realize, you know, Eddie's one of those guys where he passed long before I was really that knowledgeable about magic, and and I only hear secondhand stories. But from what I understand, is he didn't want to, he didn't want to put it out. Yeah, like he was just like one of those guys who he was a true con man. Yeah, <laughs> did real con stuff, and he just happened. These are all like self taught methods, and he fooled the, the bejesus out of all magicians. And all, all reason we have his secrets today is because John pushed him into doing it. Uh, thank you, John, for Ragnarok for doing that. Because <laughs> now I can read his method. Anyways, the reason I love the book so much is it is truly one of those books where you can learn something new every every single time. Yeah, it's so dense, and sometimes you're not ready for a, a, a method yet. You read it and you go, "Oh, that's really cool." And then you go back and read the same trick a year later, and you're like, and you just get new value out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you grown as a person. Your situation has changed as a performer. That's another big thing. Cause if you don't sit, if you don't sit down magic, you immediately are not wanting to read sit down magic stuff, but all of a sudden you are. So now you forgot that trick was in the book, you know? Um, it, his thinking is just in line with what, how I think about magic. Mm-hmm. He's all about, you know, just creating this level of, of uncertainty and chaos and and just hit you. They're very Sometimes it's very simple methods, but he just, the way he masks them are just incredible. Now, it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, so is the Artful Dodges of Eddie Fields? Yeah, yeah. It so is, the official it's like, it's like red on the top and black on the bottom? Yeah, yeah. So I said, I kind of got briefly, it's yeah. the Artful Dodges uh, of Eddie Fields, right? You know, I actually have an interesting a connection to this book because yeah. when I released Ultra Lucky Coin, I was looking for all of the different versions of has, Lucky Coin. He has one in there. And yeah. actually, I think his might be the oldest publication of like a tiny card appearing on the back of a coin. Yep. Uh, it's a, and it's cool because he uses like the Hawaiian control, which is like you don't see anyone new, use mm-hmm. anymore. It's such a good book. You're right. Yeah, he has that in there. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, you read that book and you'll see like Danny Ortiz, you'll see Max Mayhem, you'll see all these guys doing tricks that are, they all go back to his book. Yeah, like they took the method and kept going with it. Like I just, I always laugh and I was like, oh, that's an Eddie Fields trick. That's an Eddie Fields trick. That's yeah. an Eddie Fields trick. And like I, like even your lucky coin trick. I, yeah. I remember you sh- first showed that. I was like, ah, Eddie Fields. Yeah. You know, I just like my brain can't help but like I, I go back to their oldest publication I read about it. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's full. So uh, if if you had to pick one trick out of that book, just off the top of your head for for someone to go out there and learn, what do you think it would be? So, yeah, one, which is I know is hard yeah. because there's so much good material in the archives you know, of Eddie Fields. Because he he, the uh, one caveat is the one thing about his book is it's 
it's, it's such, each trick has sometimes subtleties or little pieces of the trick that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. So you may never do the trick itself, but read it anyways because it's just a move in there that you mm-hmm. might use. Um, and one more caveat before I say before, before I answer your question is at yeah. the back of the book in the updated version because mm-hmm. there's been updated versions of the book now. Yes. Um, the the whole back half of it it's just like half baked ideas I'll call them mm-hmm. unfinished ideas or ideas that wouldn't really fly in public and honestly. Some of the strongest things I fool magicians with are taking one of those ideas and I would say, quote unquote, finishing it. Yeah. Or cleaning it up or just adding to it that I think he would have probably done himself if he was yeah. still around. You know it, what I mean? It's almost like uh, like everyone's obsessed with the Hassenser card problems, but maybe we should also spend some time on the back half of the 80 Fields problems. Exactly. Exactly. Right. He yeah. has so many of them. And, and it's just, ah, uh, anyway, so back to your question. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of the first tricks in the book. It's uh, the reason I like it is the boldness of the trick. Mm-hmm. I want to say I forget the exact title of it. I don't. Remember, I'm bad with t- titles, but something like the one in the card case. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the effect is um, cards are, are are randomly chosen by people. They're say like four, five piles are made. Mm-hmm. You they have someone write down the the value of the top cards. Right. They happen to circle one, and yeah. then the, and then the, that that deck that that card disappears from the deck, and mm-hmm. now appears inside the box. Yes, and yeah. the method behind it is just a, ah! <laughs> it's so bold. Yeah. You read it, and you're like, that's never gonna work, and yeah. then you try it, and you're like, that apparently works, you know. But that one in particular is you really got it's a it's a master class in how to how to uh, manage your spectators. Yeah, because that trick really relies on that. But then obviously counts the tricks in there. Like he has even one that I, I taught on a recent DVD for like self working magic was. Mm-hmm. A trick over the phone. Yeah. You don't see many good phone tricks, and he has a killer one in there. So, no, and The Artful Dodges of Eddie Fields is such a good book, and I can absolutely see why someone would want to have it be the only book they were trapped on a desert island with. Yes, I would just, I would just be, I would treasure it. It's so good. Based out of Las Vegas, he is a force of nature and my favorite masked magician. You've seen him on Penn and Teller Fool Us, Masters of Illusion, and Showtime at the Apollo. I sat down with professional wrestler and magician, The Shocker. And now you get to join our conversation. I can honestly say this is the first time we've had a professional wrestler uh, uh, come by the podcast. Uh, so I want to begin. I don't normally ask this, but how did a professional wrestler get into magic? Well, you know, wrestling. This is great. Wrestling and magic have a lot of things in common. A lot of people don't realize we like to do things that look difficult that are actually easy. We like to do things that look dangerous that are actually safe. We like to wear flashy costumes for no apparent reasons. We have an abundant number of Speedos in our drawers. Okay, maybe just me. Maybe I'm the only one who has a lot of Speedos in there. But magic and wrestling actually have a lot in in common. Well, they're both based in lying to strangers for money. Exactly. They're both lying to strangers for money and trying to impress them the whole time you're lying to them, too. So, yeah. The two two worlds should actually collide way more often than they do. And, in fact, they did. There's been a handful. I can't say I'm the first. Oh, okay. Wrestling. All right. So actually, I'm very interested in this. So who who is you've clearly done the research on on wrestling and magic. Who is the first uh, magic wrestler? Well, all right. If you want to say I've done the research, you mean I, I've been on the internet a few times. But there was a guy uh, I want to say, and I, I'm going to get this wrong. And if I get it wrong, I'm sure everyone will tell me. But his name was Fantasio, if I remember it right. Uh, he was actually trained by Jeff McBride. He had one match in the WWE. He's probably the most high-profile guy that did mix the wrestling and magic. So he came out in a McBride mask and did the mask <laughs> chain. He did throw coils when he came out. You're serious. You're no, not- this is, you can look this up. This is actually, I want to say it was the, in the 90s. Jeff is actually very proud of this, too. He'll tell okay. you the story. 
And uh, yeah, he I think he did an appearing cane and hit the guy with the cane. Uh, <laughs> his final move was reaching into the guy's pants and pulling his underwear out of his pants. Just completely out Just of his pants. Just completely out of his pants. And the guy, kind of like the baffling bra trick, but with the guy's underwear. And the guy freaked out, and then he rolled him up and had his... So he had his shot. He didn't quite... I, I guess the character didn't take off. WWE will give people a lot of shots, and if they don't take off in... Or they do, I don't know, yeah. whatever the customer reaction kind of thing is. So, But yeah, training by Jeff. Uh, Max Maven is a big pro wrestling fan from what they tell me. Are you are you serious? I am, I've been told that, although he didn't come to our show at the castle, and I know you were there, Max, <laughs> so I am going to be keeping an eye out for you. So uh, have you actually participated in actual pro wrestling matches? Because So I, I I don't claim to know your your uh, alter ego. Yes. Uh, but uh, I understand we'll, we'll that he's... my manager. Your manager is an excellent corporate magician, uh, does walk around on stage and, and works a lot in Vegas. Yes. Uh, but the... Uh, the sh and your manager also does some professional wrestling a little bit. Well, the, no, the manager what? leaves that up to me. Okay. Uh, so the the main thing I've done with actual wrestling, so it's kind of funny. Shocker actually started magician first. Okay. So magician with the love of wrestling. Okay. Uh, it was it, it was a character piece that kind of took on a life of its own, and now I'm here. Uh, and through that, got into actual wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a wrestler. Based out of Las Vegas, his name is Sin Bodhi. He actually had a shot in the WWE for a little while for those super wrestling geeks out there. He was Kazarni in the WWE. Uh, he was in the Brotherhood in TNA Wrestling. And now he's on the independent circuit. And he's one of the hottest wrestlers on the independent circuit. He gotcha. was trained by Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, you know, oh, so he's a super talented guy. A really, very pedigreed wrestler. Though. Yes, he knows what he's doing. And he teaches other wrestlers what to do. He's actually uh, currently one of the trainers in the uh, NXT camp that uh, WWE has in Florida. So they bring him out to actually train people and mostly how to train, not only train him how to wrestle, but how to be entertaining. Because he's a clown. He, he comes out as just this crazy clown. I think something that a lot of people don't realize is how much entertainment entertainment goes into wrestling. I mean, there is yes. there is so much that goes into it in putting together the storylines, putting together the characters, and a lot of that does translate into magic. But please continue your story. Oh yeah, no, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it, it's actually some of it has disappeared in wrestling, and that's kind mm -hmm. of what is missing from wrestling these days. Is a lot of guys are very athletic; they can do that. But the entertainment aspect, uh, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rip on WWE for a minute, and hopefully it won't uh, get me out of any job opportunities here, but they've kind of gotten rid of the characters instead of letting the characters be themselves. Like the the people you remember in WWE, like if I say The Rock, you yes. know who I'm talking about. If I say Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. If I yeah. say Hulk Hogan, Jake, those guys. Those guys got to be themselves. They larger than life. Larger than life, but they actually wrote their own things too. Yeah. Like The Rock is The Rock. Now WWE, because it's so controlled, or at least how the writing and stuff has been, mm -hmm. is they give their people scripts and they don't let them be themselves like they used to. And now we're not seeing those characters organically grow up like they did. Like The Rock, when he started, he was Rocky Movia. He was a good guy, babyface wrestler. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and he, was, and he got booed all the time. So he, as yeah. a person, took those boos and turned it into The Rock and how it became. Stone Cold Steve Austin was, he had a shock of blonde hair and was known as one of the beauty boys mm -hmm. for a while. And he was like, you know what, that's stupid. And then he got to be himself. He took his Texas pride, turned it up to 11, became Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you don't see that as much anymore. And that's why my buddy Sin, when he's doing that, 
I think he's now helping teach how to become those characters yeah. again because he's larger than life. He's yeah. he's crazy good and not just how to do these amazing incredible high flying moves but how to do them in such a way that will get the audience like really on your side and bang for or, you or completely against you even better oh yeah yeah you yeah. want to be sometimes you have to be a villain to go mm -hmm. out there in fact this this is kind of a fun story I'm going to go all over the place here no no go for it that's that's we're here for fun stories yeah, so when we so I've done I've done you know a considerable amount of TV I'm pretty proud of how much TV Shocker has actually gotten to do I've done every major magic based tv show except for america's got talent because you know screw them uh, i don't i don't really care that much but, you know i've done masters of illusion i've done fool us i did wizard wars and through that we got to go on showtime at the apollo now showtime at the apollo was a completely different kind of show sorry to interrupt but this week's podcast is brought to you by sudden deck from david regal nick lacapo told me about this updated classic nick is it true that we are re-releasing sudden deck it's true it's true. This and, is uh, a new version, correct? Sudden Deck is probably the best way ever to produce a deck of cards. Uh, you know, I believe if, if you're in that type of world where you you believe that if you're going to do magic with a deck, you should probably magically make it appear. Well, th this is it. I mean, this is the the holy grail of that stuff, especially for stand up. Um, Basically, you display a blank card box, one that's not been printed yet, and then in, a, in an instant, it becomes printed. And then you fold the whole box up. It's clearly empty, but then you fold it all up, and then you just remove a deck of cards from it. And that deck can be a normal deck. It's not like a special deck. It can be anything you want. Yeah, this is a deck. this is a David Regal thing. This is the third yeah. version of it. I mean, and Sudden Deck has been coming out. He keeps improving it and improving it and improving it. And this is this is incorporating all kinds of different features from previous versions of Sudden Deck into one final. Yeah, it's mostly just kind of the ironed out version. It even comes completely constructed. I, I can't even remember the different things that it used to be, but all you need to know now is that it's ready made, right out of the box, so you can just pick it up and start doing it. The only thing you have to do is like fold the creases in a yeah. little bit, kind of like work it in. It's uh, surprisingly durable, especially for stage um, where, you know, things don't have to look as perfect from afar. Uh, I've been ro rocking the same one um, at these uh, conventions now for, man, over over a year. So uh, it, it holds up really well. Yeah, I know. I'm adding. I'm adding this to my show. I'm yeah. about to go do a theater run in uh, California, and I can't wait to start opening the show with Sudden Deck. I did it on the morning news the other day. Oh, and, did you? Yeah, and they were like, you know, I did some pretty awesome stuff, and you know, at the end of the day, the cameramen were like, that deck thing was awesome looking because they appreciate things that look cool on the camera, right? So, Sudden, Sudden Deck does that. Oh yeah, Sudden Deck by David Regal. I know I've been having fun with Sudden Deck, and you will too. Now back to my conversation with the Shocker. Yeah, you know, I've done Masters of Illusion, I've done Fool Us, I did Wizard Wars, and through that we got to go on Showtime at the Apollo. Now, Showtime at the Apollo was a completely different kind of show because yeah. they bring magicians on, but they don't bring the guy in the wrestling mask to make friends. Yeah. So I made enemies, and they remembered me. Like, that's the kind of thing. I wanted to make an impact because a couple of people went on that show that I respect highly. I mean, I uh, Spidey was on that show. I oh, like yeah. Spidey. He's a great guy. And he, he did well on the show. He's very proud of being on the show, but mm -hmm. it didn't get huge reaction. He didn't do bad, but mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't go over the top huge. It didn't go under the top failing. So he did 
okay. But you went out and you made I you made enemies everybody right off. away. Yeah, I, I I had that audience booing me before we even started doing something. In wrestling, uh, the heel uh, yes. for the, for those for, for our listeners who are not familiar with wrestling terminology, a heel is a villain. A heel is uh, a bad guy, and yep. and the bad guy is often as loved by the audience as much as the good guys are. So when you're hated, you're still loved. Uh, one of the first bits I did when Shocker was still coming up as a character, I did a, a I actually got to do a thing in Windy City Wrestling. It was a thing out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. I got to do magic in the middle of it, and I was booed mercilessly. Mm-hmm. And this was me starting off, so I didn't I didn't even know these boos were good. So yeah. I was getting booed. I had people throwing stuff at me in the ring. I was getting hit by empty yeah. beer uh, cups and. Yeah. Things like that. These and, are real wrestling fans. This is not yeah. like a magic show that's no, going you. No, this was yeah. in the middle of a ring in yeah. a in a local promotion kind of thing. And then I got off stage, and I got asked for autographs. I had a line of fifty kids wanting my autograph, so and cool. these are the same kids who were booing and throwing things yeah. at me. So just because they boo you in wrestling or something, Darth Vader's a villain. Yeah, you need a good guy. You need Luke Skywalker. To be the good guy and hero, and it's got to have a good ending. But if you don't have a good villain, your hero means nothing. How would you say, uh, so the Shocker does a fair amount of solo shows as well as working with Bizarro. How would you say that uh, you take this villainous approach? And would you recommend like other magicians who are not sort of wrestling themed (laughs) uh, take this villainous approach? Uh, I would recommend other people, not necessarily the villainous approach, because I'll be honest with you. It's it's a... um, I think that that villain, the villain being sort of a secret good guy is kind of a unique wrestling trope. I mean, because you're not an anti-hero. That's a very different thing. That's, That's that's a reluctant hero yes. whereas here you're being the villain and people want to love the villain right they, they want that little bit of anger in the and it, it's a it's a tightrope that yeah. you got to watch i mean i've i've had it go both ways on me i've lost mm-hmm. crowds so i've got to learn how to rein it in at the appropriate times and the thing i've always tried to do when i'm doing this because i'm going to go out there and i'm going to probably say words that they don't know they're going to hear or I'm going to yeah. make jokes that make people go ooh did he actually say that so when I actually do a piece of magic I want it to be strong I want it yeah. strong so I try to pick all my magic to be strong so mm-hmm. even if they've hated me the trick at the end they're going to be like but how the wait when wow how did he do that so yeah. I, I still want the how did he do that moment even if I've pissed them off with another joke or something I've said earlier. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a calculated thing that I try to do. And so when, as, you're, as you're moving through this, uh, your show, do, they, do you sort of end up becoming the hero at the end of the show? Or are you the uh, villain the entire way through? Like, uh, it depends on the show. Uh, usually, and I'll, I'll be honest, Shocker does a lot of guest spots in shows. So I okay. usually, most of most of my spots are usually 10 to 15 minute spots mm-hmm. in a show. I like working with other people. That's the mm-hmm. other thing too. I love ensemble shows. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, one of the best ideas for a show, live show that's going on right now is the illusionist. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't like somebody 10 minutes later, you're going to get somebody else and they should be complimentary. They should be things like it. So I love being part. That's one of the reasons I perform with Bizarro so much because even though we have different styles. They're very complementary to each other. And mm-hmm. if I have lost the audience with a joke, he can get them back with something else and then I can come back out. And it just, it makes a nice little up and down for a show. So most of my shows, I get to be my character and just boom, do my thing. And that, that's what I like the best. So just out of curiosity, uh, in the wrestling arena, what is the, the Shockers win-loss ratio? Yeah. <laughs> 
So shocker, I, I will be I will be bluntly honest with this. Well, I was talking about Sin Bodhi, and we yeah. do a show out in Vegas, and we haven't done it as much because you know he got way more successful than oh, yeah. we heard before, and uh, we don't put it on as much. But it was a show called Freak Show Wrestling. Oh, okay, yeah, I, you were wearing a shirt for that the other night. That yes. was really great. Yeah, it's a comedy yeah. wrestling show, so we yeah. would have. Uh, uh, we we have a guy who is known as Cereal Man who has a box of cereal for a head <laughs> and when he gets beaten up enough someone will open the top off and cereal comes spilling out of his head. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we had Techno Destructo from Guar. If oh! You're, if you're Guar he actually Techno wrestles. He was, he was there wrestling. Yeah, he wrestles. Oh, so, that's amazing. Yeah, I've gotten to work with him. That that was amazing. I am a yeah. huge Guar fan. For those of you who are listening to this who are uh, over the age of 18, uh, <laughs> please go listen to Guar. It's an amazing... Yes. It, and it's a spectacular show. It, and that's the thing. They do over the top and that's yeah. one of my that was one of my non-magical inspirations mm -hmm. so guar iron maiden alice cooper guy music acts that put on a show mm -hmm. as well as had good music too like i can listen to guar music in the car and enjoy it but then you see that live and it's just this huge spectacle and it's amazing and that's the kind of stuff i love so dream show is going to be something like mm -hmm. that and so we do the show called Freak Show Wrestling, Techno Destructo, Serial Man, uh, Sin Bodhi himself, who's the mad clown. And I would host the show a lot. Gotcha. Uh, so I would host, I would commentate. Yeah. And then every once in a while, if I pissed off the right guy, I would get the crap kicked out of me usually. Yeah. So I didn't beat up a lot of people. So you're sort I of like, you're sort of taking that role, that sort of classic wrestling role of like the ref who is beaten up yeah. to, to like, so that they can then get away with like dirty tricks and stuff later in the show. Things like that. Um, the guy, the announcer you really want to see, because back in the old days of wrestling, you had a good announcer and a bad announcer. And mm -hmm. the, the bad announcer would always love the bad guys and the good announcer mm -hmm. would always bring up the good guys and you'd always want to see the bad announcer maybe get his his butt kicked a little bobby the yeah. brain heenan guys like that you wanted to see them get beaten up so every once in a while i would get beaten up and actually bizarro and i have a magic wrestling match where oh, i'd love to see that at the end of it i don't you know it's been so long so we, i don't remember if either one of us wins i think we knock each other out and uh it was it was kind of a crazy just off the in fact we would knock each other out in slow motion while the chariots of fire music was playing and then as we were knocked out somebody else would come in the ring and do a completely different act while we were knocked out it was <laughs> it, it was uh it was a bit of a spectacle that's and that's the kind of stuff i love well shocker thank you so much for dropping by the podcast uh, i was really glad to have you it was a great show the other night and i'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for uh the the magic of wrestling yeah uh, we're 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 gonna mix it all together. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring it to the world, baby. That's what we're gonna do. That's gonna do it for this week's show. Thanks to the shocker for sitting in, and thanks to you for listening, and also thanks to everyone who came out to Max West. It was a whole lot of fun. We had a great panel discussion that we recorded and is gonna be released soon, and we're gonna be doing another live podcast QA with the Max Central Headliners November 15th, 16th, and I want you to be there. Reserve your seats now and come hang out with us in Columbus. We are a weekly podcast, so be sure to hit that subscribe button because next week I'm releasing my conversation with R. Paul Wilson. If you have any comments on this episode, you can message me on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. Happy Halloween, and from me and everyone else at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.